The last one's at the bar. Exclusively talks about the sport of boxing. Boom. So again, welcome to another episode of Last Ones at the Bar, the baddest boxing podcast that's going right now. Uh, my name is Wilton Henry, and once again, I'm joined by Lavelle Jackson and Daniel Lee. What's groovy, fellas? Yeah, not much, man. And enjoy, you know, the holiday this this week. Uh, was able to venture to venture to my hometown, Detroit. So mm-hmm. I was out there, you know. Um, no, I was just learning how much I, I've taken for granted, you know, as far as there is it were family. I have a big extended family, especially on my mother's side. And a lot of them we haven't seen since before the pandemic. Uh, so a lot of them, I was able to catch up with them, you know. Uh, yeah, and a lot of my like, the last time I saw them, this podcast didn't even exist. So that shows you how long it's been. So I was telling a few about, you know, this this particular podcast, last one's at the bar. So um uh, if any of them subscribe listening, man, you know, shout out to them, you know, love your fam. So it was a good, good week for me. Man, I, you know, certainly appreciate you doing that. And also, um, cause we've been having a few more subs this week than, than usual. We still about 30 away from our goal, you know, this summer, we definitely want to make sure we get up to 500. Um, we creeping up to that. So it'd be greatly appreciated if you can hit the like and subscribe button. Um, to get this information out. Um, these guys do a really wonderful job of breaking down these fights, you know, each and every week, you know, taking the time out of their busy schedules. I know that you will watch these fights anyway, but to be able to, you know, jot your notes down, give good breakdowns and feedback with the predictions and whatnot as well. So that would be greatly appreciated. But thank you, Vail, for, you know, sharing our podcast with your family. What about you, Dano? Man, this weekend messed me up, bro. In a good way. But it was like, man, how how can I... Because I took Monday off, too. Mm. So it was like, man, how can I make my life in such a way that every work week is a three-day work week? Because starting on Wednesday and ending on Friday was, was nice, bro. But, you know, I was able to get some rest. Um, I'm really back in the swing of my training schedule. And so, um, you know, I, I sent you guys some of the pad work I was doing yesterday uh, with Muay Thai. You see, you see, putting that work right there. There he is. Yes, sir. We out here. We out here. Working on that rear kick, you feel me? That one, two, two, three combo. Working okay. the angles. Um, hey, so, yeah. so what about Izzy? Is Izzy, uh, do, do you need to look out? You say what? Izzy. You know, you know Izzy from uh, the, the MMA guy. Oh, yeah. No, no. He too long. I ain't messing with him. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Danny Lee. Any, any dudes that's really in the die in the ring in the octagon, we cool. I gotta go to work in the morning, bro. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Yeah, that's his work. I gotta go to work. I just um, I like the because um, you're so smooth with it. You know what I'm saying? You, you do a little subtle stuff. He might be able to catch him slipping. That's what I was thinking. But. I might, I might, yeah, I might could you know throw a little throw a little knee or a little like you know a little tomahawk elbow in there. You feel me? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was a good week. Good weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back on my recording schedule this upcoming week. So that'll be cool with the other pods. But yeah, man, that was it for me. How about you, Will? Yeah, it was a pretty good week. Before I share out mine, I just want to shout out Ty. Ty went out to the fight yesterday. You see him. He was um, in the building, had some pretty good seats, it looks like. And then, um, what's that, Brian Jennings right there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of, one of Philly's finest, you know. And then you also see um, a member of the 
what, what, what Kwame Brown called him, the get, go along, get along game. <laughs> Steven Jackson. <laughs> Steven Jackson. Uh, shout out to Ty, man. He was in the building. And, yeah, uh, shout out to him living his best life, man. <laughs> Ty going to go to them fights, man. You know, yes, you place. Then also, if you can, just like I said, with our pod, if you can go ahead and, and also sub to Ty's channel. That's Ty or T Finney. 3319. Well, for me, you know what I'm saying? I was getting my AB Henry on. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't even get to that. I just thought that that was a cool pick. You know what I mean? Because I ended up going to my spot. Um, shout out to the bartenders over there at my spot, San Antonio's. But my, my guy, the main bartender, man, I know you want us to have a good time, but I'm seeing the man. He's going to get drinks and he's holding his chest. And I'm like, dude, I say, you're all right? Because he works another job. And he was like, no, I said, it's, it's just my heart. I'm like, it's your heart. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I was like, you got to go home and get that checked out. And then I so I go back the next day for about maybe 30 minutes. And then uh, Yami. Yami is a bad little uh, waitress around there. So this is how she approached me, uh, Daddy and, and Bill. I was, so I ordered my little food. I was going to get grab a, a bite and then head out, you know, with a cocktail and then head back out. So she comes with the food. So she says, uh, uh, be careful, it's hot. She said, kind of like you. I said, oh, man. So I'm saying all that to say so, so check this out, check this out. So Yami inspired this pick right here. So one week away from our birthday, you know, Yami, she inspired that pick right there. You understand what I'm saying? Also, right now, I'm sipping on that bad hey, coffee. You know why? Because I'm a bad mother. All right, now. So hey, we're going to go check, check the message, sponsors. <laughs> so we're we going to go to our um spence crawford question of the week this week is not more so about skills this question that i have for you fellas is this is the fight going to be a ko or is it going to go to distance no prediction on like specifics but do you think it's going to end in a ko or do you think it's going to go all 12. Ooh, this one's hard man and this is why i say this one's hard because when people normally ask me what they think is going to happen in this fight it's so much, so many possibilities and so many questions and so many um, things I can see. And I can see both happening. I can see one going to distance with the other and beating them. I can see one knocking the other one out, either one. I can, I can, I can make a case for all these different scenarios happening. Um, but if I was called to the Ava Bell, make a decision, you know, um, because I do see this going any type of way. I would say that because of the emotion involved in this fight and, and the stakes involved in this fight and, and that I'm pretty sure it, 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 it could be some parts where people may look as close. I think that somebody's going to try to go for the ending. It might even work against them and then they get killed, but somebody, I can see that happening. So um, gun to my head, this is not going to distance. Mm. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I think it's gonna in whether in a stoppage or knock out one of the two. These guys, um, they've been wanting it too long. They hit too hard. Um, it's really hard to see it going to the distance. So I think somebody either gonna stop somebody or they they getting put to sleep. Yeah, it's a lot of different um, scenarios that go through my mind when I think about this fight. If if it was going to go to distance. Is because of the skill level between the guys, the, the the fact that each guy wouldn't want to make that mistake, especially if the fight is close, you know. Um, so that that could play out. It could play out that way. 
also you have um like when you have skills like that and you have power like that you know uh, you know guys could be apprehensive they just don't fight like that so I, I'm, I'm throwing that out the window because for bud bud on his end of the spectrum he he's gonna get hit and it's just in his demeanor it's in his, his, his mentality is to come right back at you once he gets hit just kind of wakes him up and then he kind of like every time i've seen him get hit with a nice shot maybe get buckled a little bit immediately he turns the tide will he be able to do that against specs it's the best fighter that he's faced will he be able to do that and on the flip side of that when he tries to attempt to do that will he be more vulnerable in getting hit and that will lead to him getting stopped that could play out that way or will he clip spence with a shot that he doesn't see also spence talks about in the ugas fight and then also the garcia fight that he was having trouble with his mouthpiece not that he was hurt in those fights where it looked like he was visibly shaken but he says it was more so he thought he lost his mouthpiece if bud catches him with something like that a lapse like that could lead to the end um easily because even if bud thinks you're hurt and you're not he's still going to go in there and he just zeroes in and he has that killer mentality where something's going to happen you know i can't see it going the distance i think that this fight is going to be one that it's going to be interesting because the last thing i'm going to say about this is this spence will have success against bud but here's the the, the tricky part for spence is that bud is very good at catching you when you are punching and so in between shots so you can be having all type of success against them but then it's like boom he throws with you and then if you get caught right there you know when you least expect then it can have a deleterious effect on you so the answer to the question no i don't think this fight will go to distance if it does go to distance would i be surprised I wouldn't be um, because these are high level guys. And when you have high level guys going against each other, sometimes it's tough to uh, end at a knockout. You know what I mean? Because they're just, it's, it's splitting hairs, you know, as far as the skill level. Anything else you guys have on that? No, sir. Awesome. Awesome uh, start, you know, to the show this week right here. You know, like I say, the 29th, we're going to be smoking on that bud pack. You know what I mean? As I said before. That, that flow is going to have Bud Crawford fans going wacko. You know what I'm saying? And then on the 30th, <laughs> there you go. Hey, hope so. Because if it's not, you're going to hear a lot of excuses on July 30th. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's talk about it. What, what excuse are we going to have? Like, what, what excuse are we going to have on the 30th? Man, man, my weight, man. You know, my weight, the accident. I mean. Do you agree with that? A, hmm? Do you agree with that? It's. Just to confirm, we talk about excuses on Spencer's end if Bud get it, or yeah. Uh, I think Spence fans might come up with excuses. I don't think Spence himself gonna make excuses. He's not the type of person. I don't think. The man is the truth. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He if he loses, like I said, he tells you like how it is when he says that you know it's gonna be what it's gonna be, and so let's go. He did way too much sacrificing to get to this point to sit up there and be oh I, I stayed too long at this 
Now, he, it, that may be the case. I don't think that would be an excuse. It will just be the fact that he just move up. You know what I mean? That, that, that might be what it is. But anything, what else do you – I'm going to let you in, um, Bill. I'm going to let you close this. No, <laughs> no man. It, like, like I said, even that, even that's true that he spent so much time at the weight. It's still an excuse at the end of the day, you know, to me. And I'm not saying that Bud won't make excuses. To be honest, I can't see that this fight – in and to Danny's point, it'll be more about the fans because I can't see them. this is one thing I do believe that's gonna be constant in this fight. Regardless of how it goes, no matter how clear it is, there's gonna be some controversy. Somebody's gonna find something controversial about this fight. And that's my prediction. How many people are gonna watch this fight? Let's say if, for instance, it's a million buys, or and, and there could be more people than that because you got sports bars and stuff like that. Let's say two million people. Watch this fight all together, three million, like the playbacks and the bootlegs and all of that type of stuff. Yeah, some people are gonna have excuses. I'm just saying, like it's going way you- more than, than, than the excuses that that people were giving Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard. We live in a different era, sir. I'm gonna go ahead. And go that's the true. We live in a different era. So. Um, yeah, make sure you hit the like, subscribe. You understand what I'm saying? Like I say, the best nation donation. Don't cap. Get that cash out. Let's go to the recap, fellas. Um, yesterday, you had Jerome Bucinich. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm hyping up the Philly, you know, um, people because of the fact that they got one. That boy, that's a bad boy right there. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he he he, he started to destroy Roman Villa um, throughout the course of the fight, um, but he put on a, a wonderful display. You know, boxing skills, speed, you know, dazzling the crowd. But that's the, my take on what it is I saw yesterday. What about you, Phil? What did you think about Jerome Boots in this performance? Yeah, it was interesting because I'm, it's funny because I'm more impressed what I saw in that in that ten rounds that I would have saw if he would take taking Villa out of there in about three rounds, like I predicted, um, for for a few different reasons. Because I saw more. I saw, you know, what more of what uh, Ennis could do in certain situations. Um, now we knew Roman Villa. He, he, you know, he has power. You know, brawler type. Um, but he is a dangerous, dangerous cat. You know, to test yourself against. You know, and, and immediately when Ennis came out, he came out just that first round. He basically just dominated Villa with just a jab. You know, really sticking that jab out there. Uh, and then something happened where Villa and and, and props to Villa because. He kind of tried to turn that fight around, and he really, really tried. And, and I, that's why I'm, I'm kind of impressed with him, too, because he started to really, you know, fight in his up close. Um, and and um, even though he was outgunned, Ennis was faster and stronger, he was throwing with Ennis and catching Ennis with some good shots. And Ennis was kind of shaking them off. Um, but it, 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 there were certain times in this fight where I, where I thought that, man, dude, I, Ennis is definitely going to put some hurting on him. And he, and he did. Uh, and it was a time, I think it was around the eighth, seventh or eighth round, where I thought that the, the, that Villa's corner, they just was not going to stop this fight at all, no matter how much punishment you take. And they wasn't, and to me, even though they were trying to keep him in the fight, they weren't telling him the right things. When somebody's getting brutalized like that, sometimes you have to, to say, hey, look, if you don't show me something, I'm stopping the fight. And sometimes they wake up. They kind of wasn't doing that for him and just throwing him out there saying, do this and just do it, you know, and he's taking a, a severe beating. Um, and, and they really didn't start to do that until 
really before the 10th round. And then Villa came out and Ennis hit him with, with I think it was an a over, overhand right, which really hurt uh, Villa really, really bad. And, and once Villa went down, it was over. The ref seen enough and, um, and waved it off. Um, now, now Ennis, he, he improves to 31 and 0 with 28 knockouts. Um, in Villa, he falls to 26 and 2. And he, and he actually has 24 knockouts. So he, he has a good knockout ratio, even though it's not against, you know, this great opposition, but really neither is, is Ennis. So I thought that was a, a key coming to this fight. And it shows you he can take a punch and keep coming. He doesn't really get, I mean, even though he gets hit clean, he doesn't really buzz or, or I mean, it was only a few points where I thought he just took a step back to take a breather, but he went really back out in there and just, really brutalized Villa, and I thought it was a very, very impressive performance. So uh, shout-out to Boots Ennis. Um, I definitely want to see him against uh, higher-tier competition. You know, really, I, I want to see what they're going to do with this Stanionis and Ortiz fight because I could see him fighting the, the, the winner of that fight. They're not fighting, sir. So we, we, you, they, 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 they're not fighting. They already propelled Stan Jonas to the number one spot. So he's supposed to get Spencer Crawford afterwards. Like right, well, well, we can talk about that, but he's not, he's not going to get that. No, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I, I, so to eliminate even the thought of them two facing each other is what you said. So I'm saying mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. They move past that, okay? Uh, Ortiz probably has to go to 154 or mm -hmm. possibly retire or something like that, man, because with this health situation. But we'll get to that later. I'm just saying, they're not fighting each other. So Stanionis is, that would be a potential fight. Right, right. So Boos can fight. He's probably going to fight Stanionis because I can't see the winner of Crawford and Spence actually stand at their weight. The only other thing I can see them fighting a the loser. But then again, I think they're, they're more than likely will be a rematch. So that, that that's going to be held up. So I can see Stanionis and... Uh, Boots getting it on in the future. But wait, what are your thoughts, Will? I thought it was an excellent performance, you know, um, especially coming off the Karen fight. You know, the Karen fight, he was fighting against another fighter. This dude was basically tailor-made for him. The only thing that he had to worry about was that power. Um, I was I was very impressed at the fact that Boots, and surprise, I didn't know that Boots was going to stay in the left-hand stands or the um, southpaw stand so much, but listening to him, in the uh, interview after the fight, the post-fight interview, he was saying that he stood in that stance because only thing that Villa was trying to do was land that, that right hand, the overhand right. He could see it. And so that just made more sense. But I thought he was more powerful in the right-hand stance, but that made more sense. If that's what he saw, you know, shout-out to the kid. And I was surprised at how he was, like, right there in front of Villa so much. You know what I'm saying? His, his coach was telling him, like, wait, hold on, just be patient for a second. You know what I'm saying? Third, fourth round. But he wanted to go in there and and, and get, it, get it cracking. You know, so shout out to him for that. And that chin. Like, Villa hit him a couple times, and I'm like, dang, this boy. Boots is a problem, man. Like, I don't care what nobody say. I would stay away from Boots if I was some of those upper echelon guys. There's no reason to be fooling around with that young fella. Boots has so much energy. The dude came in at as big as he is, comes in at 145.5. That surprised me. I'm like, dang, man, like, you know, that's not draining. And he had energy for days. Like, he could have kept going, you know, as much as he needed to if the fight lasted lasted longer. I just thought he showed skill after skill after skill. Very impressed. V was just a little too slow, you know what I mean? But tough. 
very tough, you know, coming in there. One thing that I thought that Villa may do that he didn't do was that I thought he would go out all out a little bit more. He showed more patience, you know what I mean? But he was able to take a lot of punishment, you know. Hopefully Villa is okay, you know, moving forward because he was busted up pretty bad. And Booz did a really good job of just breaking them down and having enough power, enough energy to finish the job at the end. Like I said, look, he still could go. Um, and yeah, and like I said, he's going to be a problem moving forward. Um, as far as the punch stats uh, for this, let me go ahead and get back out here. Um, as you see right there, the jabs, um, boots 63 out of 274 to 23% clip. Um, via jab was non-existent he was just trying to throw those big shots and he was ineffective you know at landing the shots via landed 57 out of 325 punches 18 percent and then boots was very accurate that's a that's tough man like to be getting hit by somebody as powerful as boots ennis and getting hit nearly at a 50 percent accuracy rate and so boots was 164 out of 348 um, out of the total punches, you see it was 36%, where Villa was 14%. Uh, Boots landed 227 of his total punches out of 622. And Villa 65 out of 481. Boots was digging to the body a little bit, too. And he landed 62 body shots. Villa, that's something that I thought he was going to try to do a little bit more of. But he's so slow that if he probably would have attempted to go to the body a little bit more, he may have been more vulnerable to the big shots up top. Um, but all in all, man, very good performance. Taylor made it's, it's, it's time, you know, for Boots. Now, it's not his fault because this guy was ranked pretty high after his victory over Rashidi. But um, he still, I don't think Villa would do well against any of the top guys. I don't think Villa, like the top 10 guys, they'd be looking at chops. All you got to do is worry about his power um, because he's just so slow. Um, but moving forward, you know, I just saw an article where they were saying that that fight right there between those two is great, but the winner um, should face Boots. Uh, I think I think it's clear as day to me. But again, I can't say it because he 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 hasn't done this against the top guys. He hasn't done it against the Ugas. He hasn't done it against the Thurman, the Stanionis, or anybody like that. So I can't just you know, without a shadow of a doubt, say that Boots is like the third in line at, le at the very least. But, oh, man, like the, the eye test is, is, you know, it's, it's off the charts. The eye test is off the charts, man. And so if with, with, with that being said, he, he has to get one of those guys. But the, here's the last thing I'm going to say. Thurman and, and Ugas, it appears they're going to be tied up. Like early August, they're supposed to be fighting. According to the Thurman, you know they're in the final stages of getting that fight signed. Um, so it looks like that fight will be out of the window. Stan Jonas, it looks like he's going to get another fight, and then hopefully that can set up him and Boots. I think that if they fight against each other, that Stan Jonas is going to be similar, but also Stan Jonas isn't as powerful as Villa. So I think that Boots really wouldn't have to work because Boots could take a really good shot. Sanyon is not that power. He has heavy hands, and I don't think he'll be able to get the boots enough in order to really, like, uh, affect boots where boots won't just be getting off on him. I think that that's another fight. That would be very similar to when he fought against Lipinitz to me. Um, but what say you, Danny? What do you think about boots' performance? Uh, you know, I don't have anything 
really much to say outside of what you guys said in terms of the performance itself. Um, so I don't want to like belabor there, but I do think what's a more interesting convo is a what's next and b kind of like the the landscape of what to wait. Um, shout out to Shelton and and Ty by yeah. the way. I see him and I was gonna put him up there. But... Yeah, because some of what I'm gonna say is gonna tie into what they were saying, and something that you said also in terms of like the level of competition. Well, you know, I'm looking at the ring. Uh, the top 10 for the ring right now, you know, and they have, and, and really for what I'm seeing, six to 10 is kind of close. You know what I mean? So, you know, they still have Ortiz there, uh, Virgil. He's not going to be there. Let's be honest. You know, like yeah. he's either going to have to move to 154. I hope he can still fight, but he, he might, he's going to have to move to 154 if he can't. So Virgil is not there. Um, at five, they have Stanionis. They have Butaev at six. Rocha at seven, Cody Crowley at eight, Avanesian at nine, Villa at ten. So we beat so he did beat a guy that is top ranked in the top ten. And he's ranked for the IBF, he's ranked number two. You know what I mean? So can you do me one more one favor? I hate to cut your your, 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 your flow off. Can you read the, that top ten one more time? Sure. And I, I wanna say before I read it again, uh Ugas and Thurman are not there because of their inactivity. Um, so they're not there. Um, but obviously one and two, you got Spence Crawford three, you got boots, uh, Virgil is at four who will not be there. Standing on his five, Butayev six, Rocha seven, Crowley eight, Avanesia nine, Villa at 10. And so, you know, I know that his style was there, you know, like his style was made that fight, you know, and it made it the easier fight for him. Um, but I want to give him the full credit for beating Via. If Via fights the right guy between really between five and ten, Via could be a five to ten, a top five to eight welterweight right now. You know what I mean? And so I want to give Boots credit for what he did against uh, Via. You know what I mean? And and if we're being honest, if we're looking at this rating like a year from now. Spence will probably be at 154 regardless of what happens. And Bud is either gonna probably gonna either retire or he's probably gonna chase a bigger fight at 154 himself. He might fight boots, but um, but you know, I can't call it. No, but uh, he's gonna be in the hospital but the last thing I'll say, you know, that that was the landscape part, the 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 what's next for him part. Um his only chance is if really is if uh, Crawford wins and stays at 147 of fighting to me to fighting Spence or Crawford. Um, Stanionis is kind of in the driver's seat because you know he he's able to make a voluntary defense for that WBA uh, title that he that he holds the interim I believe the world rather. Um, so similar to like when Tyson Fury was able to make a voluntary defense and fought Chisora, you know what I mean. Stanionis can fight who he wants to fight. It just comes, and he still gets to maintain that, provided he wins. It comes down to, does he want to put that on the line against a boots, or does he want to wait for the likely scenario, which would probably be um, once the Crawford-Spence thing irons out, they, you know, they may vacate the belts, and then he will either be elevated to the champ, or he'll be able to fight probably an easier fight to become the world champ. Um, so it depends, but I think, 
you know, uh, Ennis did a really good job, uh, made a really good showing for himself. I would love to see Ennis and Stanley Onis, but that Stanley Onis is in the driver's seat there. Did you guys have anything else on the landscape or what? what's next? Two things that, that I was going to um, talk about. One is Stan Jonas, he just needs to uh, stay busy fighting. He's been out way too long to be trying to jump in with somebody, you know, some, somebody like Boots or somebody like that. Agreed. It wouldn't make sense at this particular point. Um, I like, but it's the cross the street type thing with the Rochas and stuff like that. Like, I would get somebody. And Stan Jonas, if you listen to him, he's made of the right stuff. Like, he's one of those guys that really wants to, tangle with the best fighters you know you got to appreciate somebody like that uh, my question real quick to you fellas um, on this topic is what do you think about the kid coming in at 145.5 like no issues making 147 like he, can, he doesn't well he's a young guy too so the younger you are even if you oversize it's, it's easier but when you get older it's it's, it's harder and he, he's a big guy like we look at his structure and everything muscles and all that he's a pretty big guy you know um so it's so safe to say he's going to be here for a minute. He's going to be at what's wait for a minute. He's going to claim he's going to claim supremacy at, at what's wait for some time before he moves up. Yeah, I mean, it don't look like it costs him anything to, to get down there. It doesn't like he overtrained. It looked like, you know, he, he looks solid. And um, if that's what he can continue to do, I don't see that ever being a disadvantage for him, you know, unless they were to get to a point where he overtrains, but I think he has the right people in his corner um, in terms of his strength and conditioning and his nutrition. And so I think it's great for him. Yeah, because structure-wise, structure he kind of reminds me of a uh, – I know he's not – he's a lot more talented than this guy, but I'm just saying just from a, a look, when, when uh, what's his name is fighting at what's the way? Mike Jones. The dude was just like he should be fighting at middleweight. I mean, he was a big, muscular guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, how does this guy get down to 147? And that's kind of what I see with, with, with Ennis. So he's a big muscular guy, and he has stamina. He's not getting tired. So um, I as opposed to someone like uh, Virgil Ortiz, I don't see anything in Ennis that, that he has a problem for the next few years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go ahead and get to these comments real quick. Uh, so you got, okay, my main man, uh, Shelton. Good to see you back there, good brother. He says, uh, Boots looks great based on the competition he's facing absolutely you got uh shelton also says the next fight for boots should be either thurman or stan Jonas. that's given whether or not thurman is fighting ugas and then also whether or not he's successful against ugas who would you guys favor in a fight between thurman and ugas at this point it's, it's 50 50. it's hard to say because um thurman he's had his bottom inactivity uh, and Ugas, he just had a brutal fight where, you know, his eye was messed up pretty bad, so it could be damaged. Um, I do think Ugas is smart enough to do things like go to Thurman's body where he's vulnerable, but also think Thurman is uh, savvy enough to move around that ring. And if he does that and stick and move, he can make he can make a, uh, the fight hard for Ugas. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't, I can't call it right now who I would preferring that fight i had to see when once they're training for it i would give it to ugas um i think uh U ugas you know i remember spence said that he knew he had him when he watched the all access and and he pretty much saw ugas flexing you know what i mean i think that 
assuming that Ugas continues to fight, I know it's being discussed, but I think that that Spence experience humbled him, um, you know, possibly, to where he gets back to the basics of, of boxing. You know, I think that he's been out long enough. The last time he fought was April of last year. So he's been out long enough for that eye to fully heal, I believe. You know, a lot of fighters have gotten orbital bones broken and have been able to come back and, and take that punishment to the orbital bone. Uh, so I think that he'll be okay there. Thurman, on the other hand, you know, he, he talks a good game, but then, you know, injuries aside, he comes back against Barrios. He looks okay, and he's been out for 18 months now. And so, like, I don't, I don't think that's a good sign for him at all. He's one of those fighters that has to stay busy, and he's on the older side now. And so for Ugas, I think Ugas could, and if we recall, Pacquiao took the belt from Thurman, and Ugas took the belt from Pacquiao. So I think with Ugas' activity and similar things that he used to beat Pacquiao, I think can work in addition to the body work. I think that could work in his favor against Thurman. Yeah, you know, the, the Pacquiao fight is is that's that's the thing. I think that's why Thurman kind of wants Ugas as well, is the fact that he can't get Pacquiao again. So maybe, you know, a little bit of redemption will come to the guy that Pacquiao lost to, you know. Um, I think they both, Pacquiao is an interesting case study of both because I think that Ugas after the Pacquiao fight, he was living a little high off, eating a little bit high off the hog. And then prior to the Pacquiao fight, I think Keith kind of got the big head going into that fight, you know, trying to do too much. So it's, it's interesting um, how prior to the Pacquiao fight was for one guy and then after the Pacquiao fight. But I think it's a good clash. It's hard to say who will win that fight because they have contrasting styles. I think Keith's movement could give Ugas some problems, um, but also the relentless nature of Ugas, the size of Ugas, because he keeps coming and he doesn't fatigue. The biggest thing to me in a fight between the two is going to be Ugas after that injury. Vail, you said something last week that um, I disagree with. I didn't say anything, but you were talking about um, the, 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 the UK bloke, um, Dubois when he faced the Joe Joyce and you were saying that you know anybody would have quit with an injury like that nah you saw Ugas man <laughs> Ugas is like a totally different now he didn't want to even quit when they the man I was bleeding for like two days he said you know after that injury and it's just the intestinal fortitude of that guy you know what I mean and so It'll be interesting. Hopefully, the, the fight is made. I think that that's a good fight between those yeah, two. I'm not sure if I said anybody. I did. I probably said something along the lines of, I can see why he did it. We can um, do the playback, sir. You know. All right. Also, Ty, he says, salute. There he is. Okay. The man, the myth, the legend. He yeah, says, salute. thanks for the collage and picks. Telling folks to subscribe. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Because, like I say, you put in that work. I can always ride with somebody who has that, you know, level of energy that focus and the dedication that you have. So that's why I always hype you up. You understand what I'm saying? I know you love the sports. Since Boots put on a masterful performance, V as a warrior for staying in there for so long. Absolutely. Hopefully, shout out to V. Hopefully he's okay. Um, Shelton says he doesn't beat the top two guys. Everyone else at 147 has a problem. Houston. Yeah, they got a problem too. I mean, I'm not, even if he doesn't beat the top two guys, they, they got a problem. They got a problem. And, and I see a little bit of their games in Ennis, both of their games. He got a little bit of everything. A little Floyd in there, too. You know what I mean? A little Roy Jones. Like, he, that's a bad young man. I just got to see him against the top dudes. I want to see him rub shoulders with them 
and fight somebody who's going to take them to deep waters and still it was some skills you know what i mean like via just didn't have any skills to do it but man that stuff that he was doing that athleticism and then just the timing the the reflexes all of that man you know and he has he comes from a boxing family that's some of that stuff man you can't you can't teach that like it's hard you know what i mean like he's growing up as a baby at brothers that's um in combat sports or boxers his father you know what i mean so you know houston we have a problem since i, I was stadiums i would move on from the virgil fight i think he's going to do it. he's going to take that voluntary defense three fight postponements you know has to be exhausting for the fans virgil needs to move up and wait or retire absolutely but also man you know prayers to that fella you know what i mean as far as the condition that he has hopefully sure. breaks. all right so we got thurman okay so Sheldon, you think that thurman is going to beat ugas because of his movement i could see that i could see that if, if he's on his game you know what i mean that long layoffs and stuff like that and it just seemed like keith i don't know if he's still don't duck me son keith you understand what i'm saying and he says bro you said thurman is old isn't ugas 37 or 38 I can't yeah, answer yeah, that. Yeah. Huh? Ugas is 36, Thurman is 34, but I was also speaking to Thurman being boxing old because yeah, since <laughs> since 2016, so since 2015, one fight in 2016, one fight in 2017, one, two in 2019, one in 2022. That doesn't do you any favors when you're 34 and you, you show your, your hurt, you know, to those body shots the way he does. Yeah. I, I, you know, I understood. And, um, it's just like he had other injuries and stuff like that. He had to keep taking off because he had the car accident. He had this and that. You know what I mean? That stuff started to add up. And you can visibly see it, you know, inside the ring. So I was exactly. like, all right. So now let's go ahead and get back to these uh, boots, man. He did his thing, man. That's why I got the P hat on. That's for Philly. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and like I say, he come in at 145.5. That's some, that's some discipline, man. Because you out there in Philly too, bro, you got Joe's cheesesteak you got gyms you got um isca bibbles um you got maxes you see how darmani Demar- rock be coming in the ring from philly you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> so shut out the boost man all right so now let's go ahead and get off into these other fights that took place i'm gonna let you fellas cook on those i have no idea about these man i saw a little bit of it but i wasn't really focused in i'm gonna tell you who looked good what's his name um Delo Santos or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the on the Showtime card. Yeah, he's gonna be tough. He's gonna be tough. But I'm gonna let you fellas go ahead and cook, man. Um. Yeah. So on the zone card, we'll move over to that one. Um. Obviously, we wanted to see Stanionis and Ortiz. We did not, and so they elevated uh, Floyd Schofield and Haskell Rhodes to to the main event. Vel, I know you saw some of that. What did you think of that? Yeah. And first off, man. I, I, I know they had to do what they had to do, but elevating this to like a main event, I thought this was more like a, a in general in boxing, these type of fights are more so like boxing after dark type fights. And then some of the fights that they have on pay-per-view be like the fights that should be happening last night. But that's just me. But we have Flo, Floyd uh, Schofield. He took on Haskell Rose last night. Um, it, it, it was a pretty good display of talent for Schofield. Uh, he definitely outsized Rhodes. Rhodes was pretty, you know, short. And, and you can see how even the size disparity, how long Schofield was. And Schofield did a great job, you know, using the defense. And also one of the things he was doing, even as a, you know, the big, fight, the big fighter that he was, that he was still 
pressuring Rhodes. He, he wasn't just like keeping Rhodes at distance, but he was pressuring him, backing him into the corner. And Rhodes is doing, you know, pretty much all these maneuvers just so just to survive, to try to not get uh, stopped. Um, so I do think Rhodes is kind of a, uh, one of those veterans that, you know, um, he can expose you if, if, if you got uh, too many uh, leaky things about uh, your skill set. Uh, but Schofield, even though, you know, Rose is still not a, you know, this big threat, uh, it showed that just the talent level from the eye, to eye test, it showed that Schofield, uh, while he's not like going to be, I'm not going to say he's like this eye level off the charts talent, but I do think he's good enough that he's ready for the, the at least the, the, the echelon of, of lightweights that, um, like the Santa Martins and, and, and the, the George Cambosas, I do think he's ready to step up in those areas and see. I, I want to see how he do well against those guys before he starts going up, up to the, you know, the Tank Davises and the Shakur Stevensons. But he's going to be interesting to watch going forward, uh, given what I saw last night. What are your thoughts, Danny? Yeah, in terms of the fight itself, I, I saw it the way you did. You know, Rose, who was kind of like a came in as the older fighter older fighter and kind of the wily veteran he seemed like he tried to intimidate Schofield in the beginning um but Schofield just had too much of everything you know like on on the video games where you had the meters like the speed power and all that stuff Schofield was just like way higher on all of those things that you know more so than Rose and so um you know Schofield he's a speed he was able to switch hit he was pretty much getting off anything he he wanted to get off and, um, you know, he pretty much wore Rose down in the seventh where he scored two knockdowns. He scored a third one in the eighth. Um, and then he got hit with that nasty headbutt in the ninth round, but it was allowed to continue. Um, at the end, um, you know, he wasn't able to get the knockout, but all the judges scored it uh, 100 to 87 in favor of Schofield. That was the same way I scored it. I think anybody that watched the fight with eyes, uh, you know scored it that way so it was a pretty good performance on his end in terms of what's next for him um you know he, he and Keyshawn they've been saying each other's names um it's unlikely that the fight happens anytime soon just because that uh side of the street thing that Bell hates that I talk about so much but it has to be talked about but um uh, that would actually be a good fight I but I but hey man the game is the game but um uh, but I thought it was a good showing for him um yeah, I would like to – I don't know where I have him at lightweight, but um, I think he is ready for, like, another step up, you know, kind of like the way they're – the way they're building up Keyshawn, right, where they're starting to put him against the opposition, the common opposition of the guys that he's trying to fight, um, you know, like with uh, Juan Carlos Burgos and and uh, Anthony Jiggett and guys like that. You know, I think it's almost at the point where you start maybe at the beginning of next year, um, you start putting him against guys like that. But, so you, um, you, you want them to put Schofield in with uh, Will's favorite fighter? <laughs> <laughs> and can you dig it? Dig it? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. I mean, like, he's almost at that point. He's very young, but he's, he's almost he, – he's also one of those fighters where it's like, Similar to Keyshawn because they're saying each other's name, but 
you almost hope like the skill is there, but you almost hope that like their mouth doesn't accelerate them quicker than they than their skill level. You know what I mean? I'm gonna go to the next one in a second, but uh, Shelton just wanted to respond to what you said about Thurman and Ugas. He says Thurman may be bison old, but Ugas is old old. <laughs> I say he old old, but but hey hey man, I bet you Ugas in better shape than most of us here. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I thought that was funny though. Shout out to Shelton. Hey old. All right, very good. I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and continue to cook. Also, man, shout out to me, man. There's some good. Uh, <laughs> Climbing that I made right here. You understand what I'm saying? Wait, wait, wait. Right, Sharon's caring. He, he actually cooking. We, we, we cooking on boxing. Yeah, Sharon is caring. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, last night we had a, a fight between uh, Jojo Diaz and, and uh, Jerry Perez. Uh, Jojo, he, he finally broke his uh, three fight loser streak. And um, how do you think he looked, uh, Danny? I know you would check that fight out. Yeah, man. I thought he looked good. Uh, just coming out. You know, I saw the way Perez was moving. I was like, "Ooh, I don't like his footwork." You know, um, he was—he's he, heavy-handed, but he relied on that too much, and he—he—he uh, he, he wasn't the fastest fighter. And I say this as like JoJo isn't JoJo at 140 isn't the fastest fighter either. You know, obviously, the JoJo that we knew at 126 and 130 was like the fastest JoJo and the the, the most skilled JoJo, but. Him at 140 isn't the fastest either, but Perez, he just kind of looked, his hooks were like a little bit too wide for, you know, to land really. And then would throw off his footwork and he just, he was just wasn't super fast. And, um, but overall I thought uh, Jojo was very sharp. He landed some, some powerful body shots. Um, I like how he would catch him up top, work an angle, hurt him. Um, toward the end of the second round, he, when he heard him, he, he tried to go for it. Um, he didn't get him out of there, but he, he really went for it. Um, I thought that overall, I mean, the fight wasn't close at all. Um, you know, JoJo came back and did what he had to do, but I, I was impressed in the sense that he fought like a fighter's fight. Like even when he knew in the ninth, tenth round, you know, that he, he had it in the bag. He didn't like try to clinch his way through the fight or kind of like he didn't get on his bike or anything. Although he was never in danger, like he never let his foot off the gas. And um, he stayed in there. He, he took the punch. Um, you know, he, he gave out the punches. He tried to get good rounds in. He did get good rounds in. Um, you know, and he got himself back in the, in the win column, you know. Um, my concern, obviously, is that, you know, with this fight being at 140 and him weighing in, I believe, at like 141.5, um, I'm not sure what to make of what weight class he'll be in um, in the future. Um, you know, but he did say, you know, a month or two ago, he did say that, you know, he's battled with alcoholism and that he's he's sober. He's completely sober now. And so I hope that helps him. He also said that he's trying to stay really busy um, and he has been really busy. And so he should be back pretty soon. But it just like, I hope it's one of those things where his body, I can't speak on his training regimen, but I hope it's one of those things where his body just doesn't allow him to make these weights and he continues to balloon up in a weight classes that don't really serve him like that. Because he's a small 140, you know. Um, but he's one of those names uh, that can be right back in the mix after a good performance like this. You know, because he's fought a lot of a lot of guys that are at the top right now. 
you know. So on the zone side, he could very well be someone like a Ryan Garcia's next opponent. Um, maybe even Progray if if either of them can't get who they really want to get. Um, or they can get another, uh, give him another Perez type opponent to keep him busy. But um, it was good to see him looking good again. Um, I just don't know what what his what weight his body is going to allow him to to make moving forward. Um, I know you didn't see it, but did you have any thoughts on, on you know him moving forward or anything like that, Bill? You mind if I just jump in real quick? Yeah, just real quick, Bill. I'm gonna let you go ahead and cook on this, man. But that just that sides my heart to learn about JoJo. Fact that he's a quitter, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Jojo man, party man. You no, know man, you got this dude coming in. This dude, this dude, this dude, part at like featherweight, man. Now he's struggling to make 140. Um, yeah, props to him for trying to get it, get you know, healthy for his his journey and his career. Uh, I do think I'm, I'm not sure how you like him being at 140. Even at 135, he was kind of small for the weight, but I think he fit better there than he do at 140. I think the size disparity there as far as how they're naturally bigger. I mean, Diaz is just a pudgy guy. I mean, he's not really structurally, you know, big like that. Like, he's not, you can't really say he's a... He's fat, man. Let's, let's just... I'm not, he's not, he, I'll say this. He's not, he's not structured like Tank who's around the same height. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think 135 is a better, probably a better fit for him. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, he, he would know what's better for him, so we'll see what happens with that. Yep. Um, so I think we're good there. I think Will said what he wanted to say. Um, so th the last fight that we'll touch on before we get into the previews for next week, uh, Marlon Esparza, uh, she fought Gabriela Celeste Alanis. Um, this was a unification fight for uh, the WBO, WBA, and WBC belts at flyweight. Uh, Vel, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I saw some of this fight. And, and even from what I saw, man, it's no way this fight was like a 99-91 for Espara. Like, like, man, Elise is, is basically, I mean, Atlantis is basically making this fight, you know what I'm saying? Making the exchanges, giving a uh, as, as far as uh, that work, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I just thought that that put a, a, a bad taste in my mouth about this particular fight is that they were looking to rob Atlantis um, regardless of what effort she put in there, man, because for, as far as um, I'm not sure as far as I should fight Estrada. I, she's talking all this trash about Estrada. I'm not sure that she would beat Estrada. That one that I saw last night. So that's all I got to say about yeah, I'll expound on all those things as well. Um, you know, just going into the fight, you know, even though she was the champion, of course, the world champ, um, you know, sometimes I'm wary of, a lot of times I'm wary of some fighters who haven't fought outside their home country. Uh, but this was not the case for Alani. She was she was super game. Uh, she came forward the whole fight. She looked like the younger fighter. She seen ladder on her feet. Um, Esparza was the more accurate fighter. You know, um, she did find success when Alanis came in and she countered her. Uh, she was able to counter her, but there were some times where she just seemed overwhelmed by Alanis' activity. And then in the sixth or the seventh, one of the two, she suffered a cut above the eye. Um, you know, but I, I really thought, to your point, obviously, that 99-91 scorecard was, was disgraceful. Um, 
if you were to give her the fight, uh, you would have to make it closer than that. You know, and, and someone could argue just looking at the eyes. And, and typically, this is a fight in Texas. Typically, Texas judges favor the activity. Like you had the the busy fighter and Alanis who was throwing. Um, I'll get into the copy box in a second. And then you had Esparza who was who was landing, but they both were landing. You know what I mean? So it's like, do you reward accuracy or what do you reward there? Um, but the copy box, uh, Esparza, she had landed 119 out of 384. Alanis, she landed 126 out of 608. And so, um, so it was a pretty, in terms of what was landed, and obviously it's not just about that, but it was pretty close in terms of that. Um, one could argue, I'm not going to say for or against, but one could argue that, you know, as far as it being from Houston, uh, may have helped her on the scorecards, but I won't make that case. Um, that's just something I was seeing myself, but the judges had at 95, 95, 99, 91, like I said, and 97, 93 in favor of Esparza, who won by the majority decision. Um, and in terms of what's next, uh, you kind of alluded to it. Um, but right after the fight, Sinisa Estrada, um, you know, she tweeted, I'm Esparza's first loss and I'm going to be her last loss too. And then, uh, so boxing scene pointed that out to Esparza and she responded, I want her scrawny ass now. Until she says, yes, don't tweet to me unless it, unless it says I do. You have no right to say my name in a tweet. And... Um, you know, Estrada responded, tell her that my scrawny behind will move up and wait again to beat her fat behind again. You know, and, and just for context for the the guys who are, or the folks that are listening that aren't familiar with these fighters, um, they fought back in November 2019 for the interim WBA flyweight belt. Um, Esparza was badly cut in the ninth in that fight, and they stopped it, and they went to the scorecard. So Estrada won by scorecard. Um, which is still Esparza's only loss. Um, Estrada, she had moved up to flyweight, but she's since come back down to minimal weight. Um, so she was saying, before she was saying she rematched Esparza, but Esparza had to come down and weight. But Esparza, Esparza she's, she's a big flyweight, and, and Estrada, she's now inside the top rank. And so, but, you know, obviously, based on the comments, you see that there's a willingness for Estrada to move back up uh, for that, but I, I think realistically, in terms of what's next, um, Arlie Musino, she is an IBF flyweight champ, and she fights on the zone, um, and so that's probably what Esparza is going to go after immediately. I could see. I don't. I'm not sure uh, what, who who promotes the other fighters at minimum weight on Estrada's end that she could possibly unify with, but I think. Uh, for now, they're both going to try to just uh, become undisputed at their weight classes. And possibly, uh, you know, I don't know what top rank and I think it's match. Maybe the match from World Golden Boy can work out. Um, but we can see if that will happen in the future. But I, I will favor Estrada in that again. I think um, Esparza, she definitely showed some flaws that Estrada could expose. And Estrada's just so sharp. She's quicker. She's smaller. She's light on her feet. So that's what I would say. Uh, but, Vel, did you have anything else after what I said? I know you already said your piece, though. No, sir. Cool. Will, you, you good here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I, I thought I saw a robbery, um, but I wasn't really paying attention. You know, it's not 
I'm sorry, ladies. If it's not Serrano, you know, Katie Taylor, Baumgartner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you got to say uh, Chantel Cameron name now. Nah, she's not there yet. To me. She beat Taylor. Yeah. She beat Taylor. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, name recognition. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. She, was being, she was bullied, you know what I'm saying? Beating on the bigger, I mean, smaller girls. So, you know. Ain't that what? <laughs> ain't that what Taylor did? <laughs> hey, man, I'm biased. You understand what I'm saying? It's simply the best, man. You know, so she put that work in. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button if you haven't done so already. You know, sometimes you'd be a little hypocritical for those people that you enjoy watching, you know? <laughs> now, let's go ahead and get off into these predictions that we got. I think we got about three of them next week. First and foremost, you got alicia the bomb bomb garner she's gonna be fighting in detroit next week bill you gonna fly back to check this one out uh fortunately no but yeah this is gonna be a good one we got yes sir yes sir your your girl the bomb alicia bomb garner uh she's this is a rematch between her and christina uh leonardo tooth who uh beat her the first time uh Uh, so bomb guard she's she's bomb garner she's 14 and one seven knockouts um guy had a decision over Micaiah Meyer. She had that uh, TKO victory over Terry Harper. That were, that definitely put her on, you know, the map, put her career back on track. Uh, she's back with a – she had her, her trainer, um, Tony Harrison, from Detroit with her, uh, and he's been a good influence on her. So, Christina um, Leonardo, too, um, 14-2 and two with six knockouts, five for four. Um, she has that win over Baumgartner, but lost to uh, Katie Taylor and also Delphine Krasun. Um, So Baumgartner, how they match up Baumgartner is very athletic, um, very explosive, good reflexes. And, and amongst the, 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 the woman boxers, she's probably one of the slickest I've seen, if not the slickest. You know, she has a, an interesting movement where she, you know, moves her. She, she, she has a lot of great, like, upper and lower body movement. That she used for defense, um, and, and when you look at Lena, Lena, I, can, I can always mess up her name. Leonardo too. Um, Leonardo too is um, brings a lot of pressure, throws a lot of punches, volume puncher. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't have uh, stamina issues. She doesn't seem to have stamina issues, and that plays into even what went going into their first fight, where it seemed that uh, Baumgartner kind of you know, run out of gas, but also it was more the, the style of Leonardo to uh, was really getting to Baumgartner and, and really, I don't think Baumgartner was, it's one of those fights where you look at somebody and you're like, man, they can't do nothing with me, but you get in that ring and, it, and you just caught off guard. I think that was kind of the issue with Baumgartner too against Leonardo too. So I think in a rematch, um, Baumgartner, will be, she'll be ready. She'll be more, her antennas will be up even more. Um, I still expect this to be a tough fight for her. Uh, Leonardo too is going to bring it, but I also think that uh, Baumgartner has a, has improved a little more than than she did the first when she fought against Leonardo too, and Leonardo too hasn't really improved that much. So I I, I, I see that Baumgartner she's going to win this fight by decision. Of course, she's going to have some firepower coming at her and have some good exchanges, but I think she's going to be successful this time around. She's going to be sharper this time around. And she's gonna she's gonna win this fight, and she's gonna praise, and she's gonna cuss. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Will? Um, I look at it like this: I, I, I was checking out the fight between these two combatants, like the first fight. 
I thought that for one, Baumgartner just really didn't have a plan. Like she just was out there fighting. Um, Baumgartner, obviously, with all of the skills that she has, nice power, nice pop in her punches, slippery, you know, at her best. Um, I thought that she just, and she has the fatigue issue, right? I thought that it was even more pronounced in that fight. Like she just looked sluggish and tired from like the second, third round on. But again, it just didn't seem like she had a game plan. She was just in there winging shots with Leonardo too. And even with that poor um, like plan that she had going into the fight, game plan that she had going into the fight, it was still was a split decision, loss. Like she still, like it was, it was still that close. So I'm thinking the fact that Baumgartner, with her confidence that she has, she's added more wrinkles to her game. She has more uh, inner belief in herself based on the level of competition that she's faced and has beaten since the loss to Leonardo too, that she'll be okay in this fight. I, the odds are about 10 to one in favor of Baumgartner. I think it's for good reason. Baumgartner is ascending. Um, she's getting to like her apex. And I think that, um, I think that, Leonardo too is on the other side where she's 35 years of age. Barm Brunner's 29. Um, she and then also she has an eye injury that she was supposed to fight mayor, but she couldn't get approved in the UK. So she has that going on as well. I don't know how much better that was like a month ago that they didn't approve the fight. So with those factors being in place, I have to favor Baumgartner. I'm just it's a matter to me of whether or not she's gonna be able to stop her. Um, which I think that it possibly could happen because n not only does she have power, but what if she gets to zeroing in on that eye? How much will the corner want to allow Leonardo to, to continue? So that's a realm of possibility as well. But also on the flip side, too, sometimes some people just have that fighter that they can't beat, you know, kind of like De La Hoya and Mosley. You know, um, you had Hopkins when he couldn't beat um, Jermaine um you know as well so you you might just have that but i don't think that that's gonna be the case in this one i like Baumgartner. I, I like her late i think that she'll get a stoppage probably around the ninth round um so that's my prediction for this fight what say you danny yeah um you know a few things that i just want to address before i get mine um Actually, before that, I, just now that this is this visual is up, um, and to Ty's point, you know, I think Richardson Hitches, Richardson Hitchens and Montana Love is going to be a good fight. I'm, I'm I'm bummed that that got pushed back as well. But um, I just want to point it out before we move on that um, Cruz and Burgos is going to be a good fight. Uh, this is Cruz's first fight as a professional. Um, it's a 10-rounder, which doesn't happen a lot. Burgos is a guy who's fought a lot of folks, including Keyshawn Davis, a few fights ago. Keyshawn beat him by a pretty sound decision, uh, but Cruz beat Keyshawn in the Olympics and has beat him a few times. And so um, could be a build-up there. Now, on to this fight, um, a few things that I wanted to address. When I was looking at videos for this, on this fight and their previous fight, I was seeing comments like, Baumgartner shouldn't overlook her. I haven't seen anything from Bongarna that would suggest that she would overlook her. If anything, I think she would be hungrier um, since this is her only career loss. 
Now, um, the first fight, you know, kind of what you guys were saying, the first fight was pretty close. Um, this one, I don't think will be cl as close. Um, Baumgartner just so sharp now. Um, she's really grown into who she is. In order to, you know, on top of her being 35 years old, she only had two fights since her November 2019 loss to Katie Taylor. That was one against, uh, one of the fights was against an 11-6 and six opponent in 2020. The other was against a 5-19 and 19 opponent last July. And so when you look at it, when you're a 35-year-old fighter, um, and, you know, some of these women fighters, I don't know if this is the case for her, but some of these women fighters, they, they, they actually, like, have other jobs as well outside of being a professional fighter. Four years is a long time to have not faced competition, especially when you're going against someone like Baumgartner. Um, you know, that said, after this fight, I think Baumgartner, she'll assert herself early and often. I could see her going for the stoppage. Um, and I could see her getting the stoppage, but I'm always wary of making stoppage predictions in women's fights just because it's only, you know, 10, two-minute rounds. So I think she's going to win a very, a very sound decision here. Uh, what do you got? I mean, did you guys have anything else on this one before we move on? No, sir. Cool, cool. Um, so, as it pertains to the predictions, we're going to move over to the Showtime card for next week. Um, Nonito, the Filipino Flash, Donaire, he's coming back out of uh, from inactivity after the anyway uh, fight. He's fighting Alessandro Santiago uh, for the vacant WBC Benonweight title. Uh, Will, how do you see this one? You got the Filipino Flash right there, old man, you know. 5'7", 68 and a half inch reach, has tons of power in both hands. Uh, 42, 7, 28 KOs, been knocked out twice. He's going to be facing Alejandro Santiago, who uh, is called El Pique, uh, PK, 27 years old, so he's in his prime. The only thing that concerns him is he's just so short, you know, 65 and a half inch reach. Uh, this guy's good, man. Let me go ahead. I'm going to go back to the Filipino Flash, though. Filipino Flash, he he jumped on a radar screen to me. I want to say that was Victor Darchinian I seen him knock out. And it was a few other guys. Uh, when Manny Pacquiao was, was doing this thing, that's when he started to ascend as well. And I think that he peaked around maybe the third, um, like, best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in Ring Magazine at, at certain points was great. Tons of talent. Um, is able to, you know, kind of like Jordan when he went to the fadeaway where he's relying on his fundamentals a little bit more and setting guys up. He just knows all of the tricks of the trade. As far as Santiago is concerned, I like this kid, man. You know, when I looked at his resume, he has about at least two fights on his. So how many losses? It's three. I know two of those decision losses, either they could have went either way or he was just flat out robbed. You know, this is a very, very good fight. Um, if Nonito Donaire is close to being anywhere near what he was in the past, um, I would say like that first fight that he had against Inouye, I think that he would be able to win and he will be able to get under shots from Santiago and be able to clip him and, and, and get him out of there. I'm not so sure if he's going to be able to do that with the inactivity. 
Now, he seems to be a guy who can have like, you know, and be off and come back and still be successful um, against the guys that he faced before. But this kid is good. Like Santiago is good, man. He's he's he he'll come in there. He kind of overwhelms guys. He kind of got a little bit of pit bull in him a little bit, but he's slicker, you know, than, than pit bull. But he can be countered. That's the biggest concern and his size. I think that typically Donaire does well against shorter guys like the Darchinians. You know what I mean? He, he kind of it was another guy, Montiel. He put a dent in Montiel's head. He knocked him on the second round. And so with it's hard, man. To me, they got it like an eight to five in favor of Nonito Donaire. But I can see Santiago being able to like outwork him and just being a little too quick. But at the same time, he's right there where Nonito likes to line those little dudes up. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say that I'm going to pick Santiago. I'm going to say um, Alejandro Santiago by 12 round uh, decision over Nonito Donaire. When Donaire just, you know, this is his last hurrah. And after this, hopefully he'll hang him up. What do you guys think? In terms of the fight itself, you know, you referenced the inactivity. Um, Donaire, a year older now, at 40 years old. Um, he's at that age where you either, you, you can start to show your age at any fight. You know, but at the same time, um, every time it looks like he does that, he finds a way to turn back the clock. You know, um, you know, to your point, Will. My only concern is, all the other concern rather, is how that knockout may have affected him. But... It was a very quick knockout, and it was early in the fight, and he's come back from those types of things before. And so um, I don't think, if I had to like pick one way or the other, I don't think that is something that would move him necessarily. So it's more so about the age here. Um, you know, Santiago, his most recent loss was to Gary Antonio Russell back in 2021. I don't think this is going to be an easy fight for Denier. Um I still think, though, until he shows me otherwise, that with, in a way, moving up to 122, I still think that uh, he is the best fighter at Bantamweight. And, um, you know, Santiago, he's a tough fighter. He's never been stopped before, only been knocked down once. And so just based on what I have seen and based on what I'm hoping to see from Donaire, I'm going to go uh, Donaire decision. What about you, Bill? Yeah, y'all both said, uh, you know, I think this this fight is, is mainly like how how much has done their age uh, in that one year since the, the uh, uh, Anui fight. And then again, you know, this is a new way, you know, you can say that Don been knocked out, you know, was knocked out by not by you no know, by uh, Anui, but it wasn't like he was just knocked out by, you know, um, who was my man named for it? Uh, Ubali, where his name is, or, or Ray Mark Gavalo. He wasn't knocked out by those guys. So he, st he still has some left. He's still a little dangerous. Um, what I like about Santiago is that even though he's a short guy, um, he's kind of stocky for the build. So I'm not sure if he's just smaller, but he's definitely, you know, the shorter guy. But he pressures, you know, the taller opponents. Like I always see, like, when I look at his fights, his opponents are moving backwards away from him, you know. So that shows that, um, not necessarily that he just has crazy power, but that he's physically strong. He's physically strong enough to have other fighters moving backwards. But against someone like Donaire, I, I'm not sure that's a, a great thing to do unless Donaire is old, you know, because Donaire, 
um, when he when he when he moves down to those particular weights because he normally has trouble when he's moving up. The only person below like what one twenty two that he had issues with is a new weight. That's it. He hasn't had any type of like severe issues up to this point. Uh, and, I, and I can argue that he actually took a, a, a worse beating against uh, Nicholas Waters when he was at featherweight. Um, so, um, unless Donair has lost enough, and, and that's that's a big question mark because that can still that could be true because he's forty. You know, um, I still think style wise, walking towards a shorter guy, walking and going, trying to push Donair. Donaire back is still a, a bad thing. And I think eventually Donaire is going to give him too many opportunities to get countered with that left hook. So um, I'm going to go Donaire by stoppage by the 11th round. So anything else y'all guys, y'all want to share? Well, that's, that's, that's going to be, you know, what it's, what, it's, what it's all about, you know, in this one, as far as um, what, what the Filipino flash is he still a flask? He's 40 years old, sir. You know, what is this, 115? What, 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 what Boxing years, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, it's, it's, it's smaller weight, you know. The Filipino. Uh, oh, the weight is 118. It'll probably get 118. Yeah. I, I can't call you the Filipino flask. It's like when somebody, like Lil Wayne, you know what I'm saying? Like, you 40 now, you know what I mean? Little. Or. You know, uh, young G. Wayne, Wayne's not a big guy. Though. Well, young Jesus, I agree. But Wayne not a big guy. Though. Still, now, now he gave, he put on some pounds. We can say that. You're a grown man, bro. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Like you, come on. Bro. That, that's all I'm saying. So, all right, young Will, little Will. Nah, we're not doing that. You never, <laughs> you'll never call me that because I was more mature for my age. So I don't want anybody calling me no young anything. You know. So, but with that being said. It's, it's that's going to be the dilemma, you know, whether or not is he 40 and he's fighting like the grandpa that put the paws on Roley. But then again, he was putting paws on Roley like that dude that he's fighting, I think, is a better fighter than grandpa. I mean, uh, than Roley. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Don't need to. I mean, how often can you go to the well? But he he's, he's solid, man. Like you say, at the his apex and even recently like he's been showing the ability to whack out guys with similar skills than santiago um like again it's just a matter if he still has it all right i'm gonna let you go ahead and uh introduce that all right so so also next week uh we got the return uh one of the surprises of, of the last year in boxing at lightweight uh we got the man frank martin He's going to be taking on our team, uh, Heratunian. So um, what are your thoughts on this fight, Danny, and what do you see happening? Um, cool. So just to run down the tail of the tape, uh, the Ghost, 17 and no, 12 knockouts, uh, 5 foot 8, 68 inch reach, 28 years old. Um, he started boxing late, so he, he's an old, he's, he's kind of like a, what, what do they say, um, old rookie. Sort of, yeah. So, um, but but he's 28. You know, like I said, his he last won against Michelle Rivera by unanimous decision last December, and uh, Harutunian, he's 12 and 0 with seven knockouts, uh, five seven and a half with 30 32 years old. Um, he last beat Humberto Galindo um, last June by unanimous decision. It's the 10th rounder uh, for Harutunian. 
two things that concern me. One doesn't always concern me. That's the fact that this is going to be the first 12th rounder, 12 rounder, I believe. Um, the next thing that concerns me is, and I was saying this about, like, I, I said this on the opposite way for all of these earlier, but, you know, some of those fighters, man, when it's their first fight outside their home country, you know, he's, he, he's not from Germany, but he, you know, he, he fights out of Germany. And so, um, you know, I'm obviously that that gives me kind of pause. And so when I when I went to look at some of his previous fights against uh, domestic competition, you kind of do your best thing when they haven't fought at the world level. You kind of do your best. Okay, what do I see here that can translate in the world level against this fighter? Because once you're at that world level, like you're top one to five percent in the world in your sport so you know at the top there there's nobody else currently in the world that can do what you do that that's kind of the world level and that's where frank martin is he's a top 10 lightweight lightweight is a stacked division and there aren't a lot of people that can do what frank martin does and so when i looked at harutunian's uh opposition and you know his skill set i didn't see anything from him that I think will give Martin trouble. I think that uh, this is more so a stay busy fight for Martin. Um, they, I imagine they probably wanted to find another step up for him after beating Rivera the way he did, but um, they were unable to. So in this case, this kind of is what it is. Um, I could see him showing his class here. I could see him stepping on the gas. This could This could go... This could go one of two ways. It could be quick or it could be one of those ones where he kind of like wears you down. Um, I'm going to err on the side of wearing him down. And I think uh, I think he'll get the stoppage in the ninth round. Uh, what about you, Bill? Hey, man, I, I see it going similar, man. Heratunian, uh, he's like a, a domestic guy in Germany. He hasn't fought out of Germany. So he hasn't fought anyone outside that, that isn't Germany. So. That shows that he's only accustomed to one particular style. Um, even though he, I, I guess he had, he was a, a story amateur. Uh, still, that we haven't seen how that translates to the pros. And Frank Martin, he, up to this point, he's shown himself to be this surprise guy who, who steps it up, man. He, he is what he says he is. So, you know, he has a, the great trainer and Derek James behind him. Uh, he fights a. a at a good rhythm he does all these things very very well and it's hard to find like he's mentally strong and it's hard to find too many glaring weaknesses against him so uh heratunian is like you know um looking at him he's slow um he takes out uh those lower tier guys by being you know aggressive and you know he hits him with these hook shots um I don't, I don't, I think I like uh, Frank Martin's jab a lot better than I like Heratunia's jab. So I, I think Frank Martin, um, I say he's going to, he's going to get Heratunian out of there about the, the, I got the ninth round to, to Danny with that. It'll be about the ninth round. So what do you, what do you think, Will? Look at this guy, man. <laughs> 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 hey, hey man, you never know though. They couldn't find somebody else, man. Come on, man. Is this what we're doing, Frank? You know, you just, just got to find a better picture. Shout, shout out to uh, 
you know, uh, Michelle Rivera. I think, Ty, you said that he was at the fight. Uh, Michelle, hopefully your purses get better because I think Ty was sitting in front of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But anyway, with that being said, in this fight, it's just going to be just a difference in skill level. Um, you got a guy who's, like you said, domestic level opposition that he's been facing out there in Germany. And you have somebody who's cut from a certain cloth because, you know, still sharp and still he over there in that Derrick James um, facility. And, you know, when you over there, it's, it's going to take something like, I think that what he's doing in training, this is going to be easy for him once he steps inside the ring and it's going to be just a separation of skills, a separation of, um a little bit of know-how and the guy hasn't faced anybody as uh, well frank is the fastest guy but i think when you compare him to Haritunian, he's he's an elite level um speedster because it's just going to be a gap in speed quickness and things of that nature so with that being said he's going to be getting hit a little bit more flush than he's used to and he's going to be out of his comfort zone not fighting in germany I think that this is going to be like a mid-round stoppage, and he's going to get to him early. He's going to get to him often. I don't see Heratunian trying to box his way, you know, to a victory. He knows one way. And once you're able to figure out what it is that he's doing, then it's a wrap. And I think this is going to be a little bit earlier. So I'm going to give him the benefit of that. I'll say six round. I got um, Frank Martin with a pretty impressive victory. It's going to be a tailor-made victory for him. It'll be very similar to Boots as far as like how impressive it's going to look because he has a dance partner that is somebody that, um, you know, is going to be easy to look good against just based on the styles. You understand what I'm saying? So shout out to uh, Heratonian, you know, for coming over here, taking on a task, but I think it's going to end bad for you, sir. Yeah, with his split ends. With a split ends. All right. So let me see what my guy. Yeah, easy work for Frank. I agree, yeah. sure. So in, in the chat, man, let me know like what round do you think this going on in? All right, very good. So we'll go to the next one right here. Said that man, the Pantene Pro V. That's crazy. <laughs> we uh we're gonna go ahead and uh go to the next. So we got a little bit of boxing news that we're gonna discuss before we wrap this up. Now, first and foremost, um, again, we talked about this kind of earlier. They say that Virgil Ortiz, he may have fainted leading up to, you know, the fight somewhere, you know, he, he, they said that he fainted. And the fight, once again, has been postponed. It's the third time. I think the first one was on Virgil. The second one was on Stan Jonas. And then, obviously, again, Virgil appears to have some type of condition. It could be the fact that he's trying to trim down to 147 and his body just can't take it, you know, once he tries to, you know, get off that last bit of weight. Because um, sometimes he does look real drawn. You know, I've seen fights where I'm like, dang, man, he's sucking down way too much in order to make that limit. But what are you guys' thoughts on the latest postponement of the Amanda Stanionis and Virgil Ortiz matchup that was supposed to take place yesterday? Yeah, they, they, they still, it was rumored that this fight was still happening, but this fight is not happening. This fight is not going to happen. I think Stanionis is, is going to move up to 154. You even got other yeah, fighters. Just move up to 154 or Ortiz. I mean, not Ortiz. Ortiz. I'm sorry, not Stanionis. Ortiz. And you even got his fellow fighters saying it like, "Hey, man, something wrong with this dude. He should he should move up." You know, his fellow fighters. Um, and this is probably like the third time this fight's been canceled. Uh, 
I've heard some stories about the condition. It's something that I normally that I normally hear about with MMA fighters, uh, where they train so hard, where their muscle is kind of like their their muscle elements are kind of fusing with the bone, which is it's a weird thing to have. And, and they, they say that he's been a you know he's been suffering from something like that. Uh, so that can't be good that he's trying to trim down that much. Because the, the only thing when I, when I look at that comparison between boxing and, and, and uh, MMA, especially when it comes to UFC, is that those guys are, they carry more muscle and they're draining more, they're draining even more down to, to, to a lower weight than even boxers are. So that's the only explanation is that he's overtraining for and trying to get down to the, you know, those particular weights that he just shouldn't be making anymore. Um, and it's only a matter of time before it becomes, Comes a health risk, or if it isn't already, because he's passing out at you know on the scale. Um, so I'm curious to see you know when he moves up, like what will the the story be, like the fights he'll take, because it'll be interesting. You know, we have guys like, uh, of course, uh, I can see Earl Spence moving up to 154. If Charlo Jamel Charlo decides to stay there after the Canelo fight, he's there. Then you have uh, Tim Zhu that's going to be there. So there's some interesting fights for him if he reaches his potential. But he will have to get his health uh, under wraps first. Uh, so what do, you, what do you think, Danny? Yeah, man. Um, obviously wishing him health. That, that's the first priority, right? You know, I, I think the 154 thing uh, is kind of like a, I don't want to overstate or understate, you know, what's going on with him now. Um, I think the 154 is an if. You know, um, just in sense of hoping that he's healthy enough to continue his boxing career because he's still young. He still has a lot left to offer. He still clearly loves the sport, you know, and, and the, the postponement doesn't even in, include. I think when he was fought Michael McKinson, I think there was we, it was postponed, postponed in and the, the sickness that he had, uh, which stemmed from long COVID. Um, you know, it, first of all, it was a serious medical condition that could be fatal or it can result in permanent disability, but it's when damaged muscle tissue releases its proteins and electrolytes into the bloodstream. And so these are some serious things that we're talking. And then, you know, with COVID and I believe, you know, out of the three times he had it, I think one of them was like, you know, the OG COVID, you know, and so, the, you know, we factor in the respiratory things that, that may come into play. Um, I just wish him health. I, I'm glad that the WBA um, is allowing standing owners to make a voluntary defense here. And um, but, you know, obviously, I hope Ortiz takes the time that he needs. And, you know, if he's able to box again, if he's able to box at the level that he fought at at his best at 147 so far, you know, at 154. Um, you know, I hope they build him along slowly and, and um, you know, in a way where. The, the the medical damage is minimized and the potential is maximized. And that's kind of all I got with it. What about you, Will? Yeah, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, uh, hopefully the fella, I mean, shoot, really damn boxing. You know what I mean? With those, um, the, 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 the worst case scenario, you, that's, if he's able to box, cool. I think most importantly is for him to be able to live a long, healthy life. And hopefully that's in order first. This stuff here, it, I question, well, it's a couple of things. For one, um, either he's going to have to move up if he's okay. If everything's okay medically, he's going to have to move up. 
147, there has to be a done dotted. Um, and then even with the moving up, he's going to grow into 154. If he has that condition, will it rear its ugly head again eventually as he grows into 154? You just never know. I don't want to see a fatal situation for Virgil Ortiz because it could play out like that. What if it got to a point where he fainted in the ring or he, you know, he got to a long, grueling fight and he gets like hurt seriously, you know, due to his medical condition. Also, you know, like how reliable is he on these cars? Because that has to be a lot of like money involved when you have to switch your main event. You know what I mean? So just look out for the kid. Make sure he's okay, you know, um, as far as his health is concerned. And then, you know, don't rush this thing because this is this, this, this happening too often. You know what I mean? Where he's – it's like the second or third time that this situation has occurred. But, again, like I say, most importantly, I just wish the kid some, some good health, man. All right, so I'm going to go to the next thing that's on here, and that is um, – uh, oh, well, you know. And the other thing I want to say was Stan Jonas, he's the mandatory for Spencer Crawford, um, the winner of July 29th. But obviously they have a rematch clause. If Spence decides to stay at 147, I don't think that the pot is sweet enough for him to face Stan Jonas. Obviously Crawford's not going to win that, so he won't face Crawford. Um, maybe him and Boots, you know, in the future. But uh, we shout out to Mantis Stan Jonas. Also, Alexander Usyk, who's ducking Deontay Wilder. You know, it's official. He's going to be facing um, this bloke, Daniel Dubois, August 26th on TNT Sports pay-per-view out there in Poland. Since it's finalized, and we talked about it a little bit last week, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> it's not, it's, come on, man. It's not the fight that we want to see. You know, it's not the fight that I, I would want if I was Daniel. Who, who would you want to see him face? I want to see Alexander Uzik fight Tyson Fury. Okay, or, 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 or what do you want to see him face? Deontay Wilder. There you go. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to see Daniel Dubois in there with Alexander. You know, why are you doing that to the kid, man? So uh, that's all I got on this. It's not a fight that I'm fired up about. You know, there's one that Usyk would win, in my opinion. So nothing more than that. What, what about. Um... What's his name? Uh, the Chinese guy. Yep, he's Jolly John. Yeah. Uh, him, I would see him. Who was the other guy? Frank Sanchez. I, I would mind Frank Sanchez, but Daniel Dubois, no. What about I mean, it's what it is, you know. You got, they're, they're trying to make Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. And so they're not going to want to fumble that. And then if, if that does happen or if it doesn't happen, you know, you got Wilder going back and forth with Ruiz. Um, Zhang is tied up with, um, you know, with Joe Joyce. And so, and Fury is possibly, let the rumors tell it, he's possibly tied up with uh, Nganu. Is that, I think, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, on top of the sanctioning bodies, this is kind of what we're stuck with, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So, um, obviously, I hope that at some point, and around this time next year, we're talking Fury and Usyk or Wilder and Usyk. Um, but right now, this kind of this is kind of what it is, you know. Um, 
if it wasn't this, it would probably be Hergovich because I think Hergovich is the IBF mandatory. So um, it is what it is. Man, get this garbage out of here, man. Daniel Dubois, like, come on. <laughs> this is hilarious. This How is he number one, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, how is he? Wow. And, and, and that's the thing. It's, to me, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of it's very similar to when you're in a court of law. And obviously, the police officer is guilty. But then they'll use, like, formalities in order to say, well, um, you know, to get the police officer exonerated. Come on, man. Like this dude is got like Daniel Dubois got smoked by Joe Joyce. He didn't have an answer for the jab, just a stiff jab in his face. He didn't have one answer for that. Two or three fights later, he's fighting a dude nobody ever heard of who was rocking him. I almost put him to sleep. But he gets propelled to a number one position and you are forced to have to face him in order to keep your title. You can't choose somebody else. That's bogus, man. And they just messing up the sport of boxing because the heavyweight. I, I don't, and then it's the wrong time for all of this nonsense. This is the wrong time. We had Tank fight Ryan. You got uh, Canelo about to fight Charlo. You got the granddaddy of them all. You got Spence versus Crawford. Then you got one of the heavyweight champions fighting against Daniel Dubois. Man, if you don't get this garbage out of here, you should be facing Deontay Wilder. That's who you should be facing, man. Ain't nobody got time for all of this nonsense. We got to go. How you going to face Deontay Wilder and Wilder is trying to make Deontay Wilder? Huh? <laughs> so any, any Wilder fight, Reese? No, they're not fighting each other. You can go ahead and, and do away with all of that type of stuff if you want to. Whatever it is you want to do, you can basically do it. We know that. And Wilder, it, it, Ruiz is scared too. Him and, and Boosie is scared of Wilder. The, the blame right. falls on two people here. Last thing I'll say Fury and the WBA. Mm -hmm. That's a whole charade within itself. Those dudes should have been faced each other. Like it was already the pot was, was boiling. You got Usyk right fresh off his victory over Anthony Joshua. You had. Um, Tyson Fury had a couple wins. He be he just fresh off the victory against uh, the little chubby dude that 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 Josh was about to fight. He was fresh off of that, undisputed. Man, then this is the year. Like if that would have happened, if he faced any one of those guys, Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder, this, without a doubt, would be the best year in boxing hands down based on since i've been watching boxing i haven't seen all of these unifications and all of this the best fighting the best you know and it's unfortunate but again the last thing i'm gonna say alexander Usyk, you are ducking deontay wilder the middleweight <laughs> the middleweight bloke is 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 uh ducking a basketball player all right then a couple other topics that we're gonna discuss before we wrap things up but shame on you alexander Usyk. Regis Prograve, according to Eddie Hearn, they're saying that he must face Sander Martin. What do you guys think about that matchup? Man, I don't know. Because Sander Martin isn't a bad fight, but at the same time, there's so many opportunities at 140. Number one, number two, Regis Prograve's looked at a guy that's at the top of this division. You got all these different guys at 140. Of course, you had the, the, the Tia Fimo Lopez who 
they say <laughs> he's not sure if he wants to stay retired or not, or he, he's retiring or not. You got other guys that might venture over there into 140. You got the Ryan Garcia. I think that's a better fight than Sander Martin. You know, you got Ryan Garcia. You got, you know, all these different things. It's just, I, I, Sander Martin wouldn't be a bad fight if it, if, if, if it wasn't for Pro Ray's last fight. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can't take two, like, names like that. You got to have a big name for someone of that stature. I mean, it's a, it's a decent fight to make, but – Back to fact, you know what I'm saying? When there's more names out there, not sure. I'm a big fan of it, you know? Not a fan. Before you jump in, it's kind of like what they did to uh, Antoine Russell. When they had him face uh, Bartholomew, and then before that, they had him face, um, what's the guy that the, 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 the um, kid from, or the older guy from the East Eastern Europe? Um, that was probably Crawford's biggest victory. Uh, Postle. Postle. Yeah, Postle. Yeah, it's tough when you have them facing tough challenges like that, guys who's hard to look good against. You know what I'm saying? And then Martinez, another guy, he might be able to eventually get him out of there, but it's going to be a fight that's not going to be aesthetically pleasing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? not going to look good at all. Yeah. Um, a few things. One, um, one thing that stands out to me to this, the way this is worded in particular, this is Eddie Hearn saying this. Granted, that's his promoter, but, you know, it's also like, what is he basing this on? And to, to his point, Sandra Martin, Progray is a WBC champion. Sandra Martin is ranked number one by the WBC. And, and I know, like, I, I do disagree with you, Vell, when you said uh, Garcia is a better matchup. For money, maybe. I think Santa Martina better boxer than uh, strictly boxing at 140. Martina is a better fighter to me than Ryan Garcia. If we just talk about boxing ability, um, but you know, but that being said, um, I would not be. Of course, out of these two, I would prefer to see Devin Haney. But whenever Martina fights on the world scene, I haven't seen a bad fight from him. You know what I mean? He beat Mikey Garcia. Granted, Mikey Garcia, you could argue he was one foot out the door boxing anyway. But he just took Teofimo Lopez to the brink. And we want to gas Teo because he looked good against uh, Taylor, which is fair. But he barely, some people would call him a robbery after that fight. You know what I mean? He took him to the brink. And so I don't think this is a bad fight if this plays out. Yeah, see, Martin is the type of guy that, and it's, I think what's going to happen if if Regis takes the Martin fight, Martin is not going to have the same luxury of how Mikey Garcia and Teofimo Lopez perceived Martin. They thought that that was a fight that was the easy um, pickings. And Progray coming off his last performance, I think that he'll be more effective than those guys were against Martin. At least his antennas will be up more. Um, but he's tricky. He's kind of like the Karen guy that boots face, where it's just hard to look good against because he's always moving and he's he's so awkward. And then he's throwing shots when you least expect. It's hard to catch his timing. And so that would be my concern uh, for Regis program. I would just want them to give him somebody that he can look a little bit better against, especially, you know, now that he's rocking and rolling with Eddie Hearn, you know, give him something that, that, that people are going to, you know, really – 
you know, it's going to showcase his skill. Give him a showcase fight. Well, I guess the last fight was supposed to be that, but the, the guy wasn't, um, you know, willing to fall into that category. Um, a couple of things. In my bad show, and I know that you was, um, you, you, I got to be quicker on the draw, but as far as the Usyk and Dubois fight, uh, Shelton thinks that Usyk is going to whoop Dubois. I wonder, is, is Usyk going to stop Dubois? That's the thing, because Usyk sometimes – he always just going to do just enough to win. And when we talked about the Crawford and Spence fight, I think that Crawford's that way too. Like, I think he's a mean son of a gun, but at the end of the day, he's such a winner that he might play that, you know, out just in order to secure a victory because we were talking about that earlier, whether or not that fight was going to end in a knockout or a draw. Um, but Usyk tends to do that. Like, he has the fight in the bag. And it's like, I'm not going to give this guy any chance to get this victory. So I can see it going a distance, but he could possibly stop him. Um, Usyk is the best heavyweight in boxing. It's, we don't know. Like Tyson Fury has a lot to say about that. You got that big, huge guy who can move like a ballet dancer, you know, and I would like to see Usyk, you know, and it's not Usyk's fault that the fight hasn't happened. But um, unfortunately, we won't know until those two guys get into the ring or whether or not he gets in the ring with Deontay Wilder. All right, so now also he says Regis is going to stop Martin. Could possibly, could very well happen there, sir. Could very well happen. All right. And then I think lastly, Roley Romero's coach, he wants Ryan Garcia to send a contract. You see over there Barbosa, the old man who just whooped on Roley, really. You know, that's an old dude right there that Roley was struggling against. I don't know. Roley need to work on some of his skills, man. But um, what do you think about a potential matchup between Roley Romero and Ryan Garcia? I mean, it's it's entertaining. It's, it's funny because this fight is like between a high-level fight and like watching a Jake Paul fight, like, like one of those type of fights. Because you know you're going to get like this, this funny press conference. It's going to be crazy. Both guys, you know, are sloppy. Both guys have power and both guys are fast. So it's safe to say, look at this fight. Um, yeah, Roley is cashing out. I think Ryan likes to cash out too. But I also think that. Um, I think you get Ryan a bad rap, man. Like you, you Oh, man, they do cash out against Tank, man. They do a raping no Tank. They do need a tune up. That's so if, is. is it cashing out or just being overly ambitious? No, right. it's cashing out, man. He wanted that bread, man. So. Um, I think somebody's probably gonna get knocked out in this fight. And, and <laughs> our favorite Ryan Garcia to, to knock out Roley. But I can see Roley being awkward enough and strong enough to, to, to put Ryan Garcia down. Put Ryan Amir Khan Garcia down. That's the way I see it. I'm gonna let you cook on that thing. This guy right here. <laughs> I know it's your boy, Ryan Amir Khan Garcia. I can see him going to sleep. What gives you the impression that he's Amir Khan? Get, get, tell me, yeah. like, when did he grow out like Amir Khan? He just did. Uh, uh, matter of fact, Americano would probably got up from a body shot. So it, it, you saying that Ryan has a glass jaw, like so? Then he's not. So he's more like uh, Banana Rosario. Then yeah, he's, he's no, nah, because Banana Rosario at least like to. He's at least brutal and like to trade. Yeah, you can, you can call him that too. Banana Rosario got a weak chin too, weak body and weak chin. Now, and I think that. Garcia kind of got a weak chin too. What gives you that impression? Is what I'm saying. Like, where where is the evidence to prove your point? Is what I'm saying. 
got shit way up in the air, just waiting to get caught. We saw Tank touch it. It wasn't even a hard punch, and he went down. That was bad footwork, though. Exactly. And it, whether it's bad footwork or bad placement, when, when you get it, and your chin is up like that, it makes it worse when you get hit. And you're right, Shelton. Ryan ain't very good. He ain't very good. Oh, my God. Let's, let's get go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, last time I checked, uh, Romero has a mandatory. Um, and so I don't know, you know, him, his coach saying this, you know, I don't know how much weight it is behind it. I would say not a whole lot. I do say from an entertainment standpoint, it is probably the best fight out there for both for both guys. Both guys, I think Ryan is a good fighter. I think Romero has good abilities. I think they're both limited fighters who can maximize profitability with this fight, especially with the buildup. Um, so from an entertainment standpoint, you know, go for it if they can if they can swing it. If if Davies takes some step aside money or however that plays out, you know, go for it. I just don't know if this is the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's all I get. Man, Ryan is, is, is going to smoke this cat, man. Ryan is, 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 as far as skill level, like he has some things that he can do that some other guys can't. Like He has some things in his, his recipe book that some guys don't, that timing, the left hook. He just needs to add to what it is that he has. And he found a great person, a great coach, that can help him build upon the innate skills that he has. This Roley cat right here, man, I never, I never seen it. I never knew what the big fuss was about him outside of him. The slick talk that he says, and the, the, the wacky things that he talks about, um, you know, that sort of thing. But outside of that, skill for skill, Ryan's going to crack him with that left. He's going to put him out of his misery. He's going to knock him out. You can say that skill for skill, but we look at it. Who did a better job against Tank? Okay, so let's like say Ricky Hatton. Who who beat um, the the uh, uh, I forgot his name. Matter, matter, matter of fact, I think uh, I saw Cruz is more skilled than Ryan Garcia. This is getting ridiculous. At least, at least he did block the punch that Tank caught Ryan Garcia. He did block that body punch. Oh, How no. many occasions can you speak on a particular fighter? facing another fighter and they look better against the fighter but that don't mean that they're better than the fighter that you I'll say a Sa Cruz like that same punch that Ryan couldn't block so who who did better against Joe Frazier George Foreman or Muhammad Ali sir who did better against Ken Norton George Foreman George Foreman or Muhammad Ali sir George Foreman who won between Ali and George Foreman Muhammad Ali I, I get it I get it I'm playing exactly so, I'm so just saying Foreman? Well, well, I saw yeah. Cruz block that same punch over and over again that Ryan kept yeah, getting caught. He saw Cruz is like three foot nine, sir. And his arm short enough that he should be able to block that punch. So that's a different type of fighter that you're facing, you know? And so it's going to be different dynamics. That's all. The, the Boots Ennis yesterday looked amazing. He was fighting against a fighter that was coming towards him. When he fought the last fight, he didn't look so hot. It's just it's, it's matchups, man. You know, styles make fights. That's why they say that, you know. And Sheldon, shame on you, sir. Ryan is very good, man. He's going to be, I'm telling you, he's going to take over the 140-pound weight class. You know, he's going to make you and Vail eat crow. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? 
And that's how it's going to go down. That's how it's going to happen, Captain. Just like Bo Mag with them Cheetos, you know what I'm saying? And he's going to be fatter after, after he eat up Aerosmith Jr. There you go, hating again, sir. You know, we're not doing yeah, this. Put a, put a, picture of a man enjoying his snack. He's having a good time trying to enjoy his whole, trying to enjoy yourself, man. You up here raining on the man's parade, man. Man, you sitting up here, man. You the, you the leader of the. Probably got a bag of Cheetos sitting right next to you right now. You the, nah, I, I got more healthier snacks than that, sir. But the thing is, you the leader of the Errol Spence and Ryan Garcia hate coalition. You the leader. Hey, man, I ain't got no picture of Martin lumped up to him saying that's Buck Crawford. Want to say anything else we have, you know, and, and, and as we proceed to close this bad boy out? No, sir. Um, so just uh, it, it's not news news, but I, I am seeing it on on the timeline. Just throw it out there, um, in case a week goes by and it's reported, and you know, we don't have time to talk about it. But, um, looks like Jamel Herring has come back out of retirement. Says he has a fight at home in September. Passport ready for Wales after mint. Passport ready for Wales. Um, said he took some time off. Uh, his right shoulder is fully healed. It, somebody asked him, Joe Cordina? And he said, yes, sir. So, <laughs> I'm just reporting the news. Don't kill the messenger. Come on, Jamel. I, 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 I rock. We like you, man. We like you. We rock with you, man. We I, like I you, rock man. with Jamel. He's going to fight for him next. It says it, look, it looks like a a fight a hometown fight in September and then it would be after that. Uh it depends. He's Jamel. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. Like he he because it's not going to end well. You know what I mean? Somebody got to be honest with you. Jamel Herring is he overachieved. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a good fighter, but he got to like a world title. You know, shout out to you. Kudos to you. He's, he's on the older side, too. He I think the best situation for him was the fact that he's kind of long and tall, but he was able to use some of those at his peak when he fought Frampton. Like I think that was his peak performance. And after that, at his age, moving up, he doesn't have those same um, advantages. And he's not powerful or anything like that. Those guys are going to feast off Jamel Herring. If he gets to a coordinator, I hope. And, and it's going to sound like, hey, Jamel, and it's just for your sake, buddy. I hope you're successful in this next fight, but you realize that that wouldn't be in your best interest is to take on – he hits too hard. You know what I mean? And I don't see – it's not like you're fighting somebody who has enough chinks in their armor where you can utilize your skill and experience and things like that in order to, like, kind of – manufacture a victory against them. You're not going to be able to do that against Joy Gordina. Like, that could end real bad. Um, but that's just me, man. Because I, I, I think Jamel is such a good guy. You know what I mean? I just don't want him to, you know, have you know some injuries and things like that that he doesn't need to have. Especially when you just said last week he might potentially be one of the guys that take over that Andre Ward position. But what about you? What, what do you guys think? Man, get, get that Andre Ward position, man. Be a comedy. Bright guy, smart guy, you know, uh, stand up type of dude, man. Man, make your bread, man. You did what you did in the sport. I, I know he probably still has that itch to, to be a world champion. Um, but sometimes, man, your health and your family is worth more than that, you know. And 
we've seen what he can do. And at this point, he's better. I, I know he's a, a very articulate guy, so I love to see him on the mic. Yeah, uh, not my ideal scenario for him, but, you know, some people, they, they love what they do too much to stay away, you know what I mean? So I understand that too, but I'm, I'm wishing them health either way. Yeah, it was a couple of years back, um, Nate, the Galaxy Warrior Campbell. I remember, like, corresponding with him on online, and he was saying that HBO, this is what HBO, it's like probably like seven, eight years ago. He was like, HBO... They, they um, you know, sent me some, you know, information for a potential fight. It was against somebody that could crack. And he was old. And I'm like, Sam, don't do it, Sam. Like, they set you up. Because at the time, also, Nate was very outspoken against, like, social issues, too. I was like, oh, heck no. Nah. They, they might be trying to line you up. And so he was like, thank you or whatever. Um, but I think not that he's, like, actively um, – saying anything you know what i mean um taking any stances or anything like it's just in terms of his health and that he's such a good stand-up guy that you don't want anything to happen to somebody like that in a sport of boxing or just in life in general um but shout out to jamel anything else you guys have man what you got any big plans for the rest of the week or weekend i know sir man just you know family union is coming up so just go enjoy my my summer that's it yeah um, yeah, nothing big for me outside of getting getting back to recording and, and writing on my blog. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then, you know, keeping up with the training, of course. Uh, one, one last boxing thing uh, before we move on. They confirmed uh, Via suffered a broken nose in that loss last night. Yeah, I figured that. Yeah, it looked pretty, pretty bad for him. But shout out to him for being such a warrior, man. Also, shout out to AB. You understand what I'm saying? My boy... Um, Jojo Diaz, you know, shout out to you fellas. Don't quit now. <laughs> you got to ruin their careers, man. Ah, man, you got to do what you what you want to do in life, man. You know what I'm saying? Life is short. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, life like to get short too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jojo. Man, got AB out on, on video, man. I don't, man, who, who, oh, man, <laughs> man, who, was, who told him to go up in there, man? Who authorized that interview? Is that, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna get. I'm gonna too upset. Man. Hey, I'm he, done. He, he left the bar. I was like, man, let's go ahead. That's, I think that's where they record. And he just walked up there. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. But yeah, man, y'all have a good week, man. You know, shout out to Philly. Y'all got one. You know, Boo Center. Yes, yes, yeah. And um, you know, hopefully, you fellas and anybody that's listening, have a great rest of your week. Also, turn up next week is my birthday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, have one for me. You understand what I'm All saying? Right. That note, we out. Peace. Peace. Peace.